It was another classic showing for Mighty Mouse while the YouTube boxing was nothing to write about. It's time they found a match for KSI because Swarms had a giant mare and Pineda was running away from him for the lion's share. I still think Jake Paul would have had him for breakfast and the ambulance medics would get their practices tested. That said, you still have to respect him because beating two people in one night is still madly impressive. Welcome to Wobbled by a Jab. Welcome back to Wobble by a Jab. I am Ben Jameson. You can follow me on Twitter at BTLG Ben. You can follow the show at Wobble by a Jab on Twitter and Instagram for both of those. It was a it was a weird week this week. There was no UFC, so what we had to watch was One's Prime Video debut, One Championships. Uh, is that even what they're called? One FC, they're called right? One fighting championships i guess i don't even know uh and we had the youtube boxing on the zone on the saturday night uh it was worked out quite well because they had uh, they had one on the friday uh which was headlined by the rematch between demetrius johnson and adriano marias adrian marias adriano marias adriano marias adriano right it's not Adrian. Adriano Marias. Why am I doubting this? I know his name. Uh, Adriano Marias. Uh, and the zone pay-per-view was headlined by KSI and he also opened the card. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll quickly cover the Mighty Mouse fight first because uh, it's, it's, I'm only going to talk about that one fight from that card uh, because it was there was other MMA on the card but the, the co-headliners and the, the fights towards the top of the card were Muay Thai fights, which I'll probably cover in the future on this show, but right now uh, I'm just going to cover MMA and boxing. But yeah, in fact, I'll quickly touch on the Muay Thai fights. We had um, Savas Michael getting the shit kicked out of him. Um, he didn't actually get the shit. He just looked so timid. I know he's more of a counter-puncher, um, but yeah, he got his shit rocked um, with a, a right hook and then a, a left kick to the face. Um, it was it was pretty brutal, quick succession um, by uh, Papiat. I'm sorry, I'm so bad with Mai Tai Fighters' names. I've saw like fucking 20 of his fights and I still can't remember his name. It's not even remember, I just can't say it. Uh, it has the same last name as Rod Tang, who was initially supposed to be in this fight um, against against him, uh, against Savas Michael, but on 24 hours notice after I think Rod Tang missed weight, um, stepped in Papia Jet Morangan. I can't say it. Uh, yeah, uh, it was it was a crazy knockout. Another the other Muay Thai fight ended in a weird way as well. Who was it again? It was English dude. Um, his name escapes me. Uh, it's like an older English dude, but uh, he got he got beaten with leg kicks. So I think something happened to his leg though, because he got dropped from leg kicks before he had even really took any punishment it was only three or four leg kicks i know tie leg kicks are, are not are not anything to fuck around with but even for that it was premature um and who was it he was fighting it wasn't super like because he's fighting him in the final of that grand prix tournament uh can't remember i don't remember but uh yeah I'm not, I'm not like some Muay Thai expert. Uh, I know more about the technique than I do about the actual 
competitive sport. I don't really follow it too tightly, other than I just watch it when it's on, but I don't follow it too close. But yeah, uh, in the main event, we had Demetrius Johnson, former UFC flyweight champion, uh, going up against Adriano Moraes. Yeah, Adriano Moraes. In the rematch, I've done a little thread um, about the finisher that's on Twitter. It's pinned to my profile, uh, BTLG Ben on Twitter, if you want to go check that out. Just breaking down the finish. But yeah, uh, it was a fourth round stoppage by flying knee to the head, which is, it was a knee to the head that ended the first fight that DJ lost. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a really interesting fight. Uh, the first two rounds were largely spent with Johnson in bottom position. Uh, but he was very active from bottom. He was attacking. He, he was, the way he was retaining guard was excellent, especially against uh, a much bigger man. Uh, and Marias, he was he was making good use of the butterfly guard. He was keeping him tight in half guard. Uh, Marias was more using the half guard as a pin uh, rather than DJ using it as a guard. But uh, you could see DJ try to maintain it, and it was working because he was keeping him off of him. Marias isn't really that big on passing anyway, um, but he, he did manage to keep him down. The only time he managed to pass his guard was right at the death of the second round. I think might have been right at the death of the first, but he got into kind of like. Uh, it was kind of like a quarter mount, uh, a three quarter mount, sorry, rather than a, like a full mount. But um, it would have been enough to do damage had the buzzer not went right as uh, right as it happened. But yeah, um, I I probably in one they judge fights overall. They don't judge them round by round. It's not like a it's not like a ten must. Um, it's they just judge the fight as a whole and decide who won. And DJ was definitely winning up to the point of the finish because he was a lot more offensive from bottom position. He was he was doing damage with elbows from that bottom position as well as attacking submissions. A little too eager for some of the armbar attempts because they they weren't really there and he was jumping on them anyway. Probably just because he figured he was going to struggle to get back up to his feet, so it had to look like he was doing something and he was probably confident enough in his guard retention to not worry too heavily about ending up uh, in half guard because he didn't he didn't think uh, Marias would be able to get by anyway and he was right if that was his plan but yeah um, I understand that some people are reluctant to give rounds to people if they spend the whole time on bottom but I feel like it's still you can still judge it on who was being more offensive and who was doing more damage uh, and it was definitely DJ in that by the start of the second round, uh, end of the second round even, sorry. Mariah's face was fucked up, even though he had spent most of the fight in top position. But yeah, uh, as far as on the feet goes, um, there was a lot of, a lot of like setting precedents um, that you saw in the finish. For example, uh, DJ, obviously the much smaller man with a shorter reach, uh, he was working a lot to get into the clinch where... You know, despite being smaller, he definitely does more damage in the clinch than Mariah's does. He's he's better. Um, he he does have an almost Thai style stand up game for the most part. Uh, does DJ, uh, not like as Thai as you want to go in MMA without making yourself vulnerable. But, uh, yeah, he's good in the clinch. Uh, that's certainly better than Mariah's. He he was working the knees really well. Um, especially, um, he was sometimes entering off a of knees. Uh, and when he got in there, he was using elbows. Mariah's obviously acknowledging. That DJ is better in the clinch and DJ obviously made the read as you can see in the finish that upon exit and and of the clinch especially but also when he's just creating space between them and and creating range between them he was throwing strikes typically looping shots to try and keep DJ off of him uh, and you saw that in the finish uh, the finish the fight ended um, Johnson was switching fight uh, stances throughout the fight um, a lot and uh, he was he was using that as like a way to get in range because he would he would like faint the knee or faint a shot and then step into his preferred orthodox stance now in range 
the fight ended he came in uh, on southpaw stepped up fainted a knee and just brought it back down so that it was now orthodox within range Mariah's clocking that uh, took a step back um, to get out of range throwing a left hook as he did Johnson made the read uh, ducked under the left hook and fired uh, a, a straight right uh, the now unprotected face of Mariah's uh, who stumbled back into the cage Johnson picked a perfect knee to the head to end the fight and walked off before the referee even said it uh, honestly it was a really 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 well fought fight from Johnson um, I had him winning the fight, uh, the last fight as well between him and Mariah's before the stoppage. I think he just got unlucky uh, with the stoppage, and uh, yeah, him and his camp obviously made the correct adjustments and came in with a really, really good game plan. And after I, after I did that thread breaking down what the game plan was and and how it worked out in the finish, um, a video came out of Johnson talking about the game plan, and he said exactly what I've just said there. The game plan was to use a lot of feints to get on the inside, keep him guessing, which obviously explains a lot of the stance switches because he was literally he wasn't in the same stance for any more than five six seconds, and then he switched back again. He was switching off it with movement and and keeping him guessing with that, uh, and it obviously worked because uh, Marias was struggling to get a read on him, and the only time he looked to be in any kind of control of the fight was when he was on top position on the ground, and even then, uh, DJ was still doing more damage. So yeah, it was it was a fight worth watching if you haven't already, and definitely a really good fight for one's debut on on American prime time. I thought they had the fight available on. Amazon Prime in the UK as well. I literally got a one week ninety nine pence Amazon Amazon Prime trial just to watch it, uh, and then it didn't even work out. But yeah, uh, I ended up getting ordering some shit. I think I got like a pair of shoes or some shit. What did I order? Oh no, I bought earphones and <laughs> got them. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a good fight, and uh, it was trending number one in the UK and the the US as well uh, when it was happening. So hopefully that that builds some uh, some some followers for one. And people tune in for the next one as well. It's good because they've got um they've got a good mix of fights. I honestly feel like if one just made up made Muay Thai fights in the cage and four arms gloves and called them MMA fights, except the Muay Thai guys just like shook cans behind the scenes, like yo, <laughs> let's not shoot anything. Let's just have a Muay Thai fight, and they just called it MMA. All the uh, why do they always grapple crowd in MMA? Would love it. Uh, and then they would, they would, it would, it would increase their following tenfold. But yeah, the more other promotions build their their audience, especially within the West uh, and within America specifically, the better it is because the more competition the UFC is presented with, uh, the better it's going to be for athletes in the long run. And that's that's uh, something that I definitely want. I'm actually working on an article right now about uh, it's an as a tiny aspect of the fighter pay debate and how the UFC try and uh, control their own negative press you can be able to check that out on mmasucker.com uh, this week I'll put it up this week it's written I just, want to, I just wanted to get someone to read it first but yeah in fact I'll just put it up tonight so by the time you're listening to this podcast it'll probably be available if not it will be within 24 hours uh, but yeah let's get on to let's get on to the fucking YouTube boxing something I did write an article about I wrote a little preview piece uh, midweek last week um, again you can you can find it on my Twitter or you can just go to mmasucker and it'll be uh, pretty near the top um, not the results piece the results piece is a smaller piece read the whole preview piece because I predicted a lot of the a lot of the uh, the ways the fights would go I think but anyway uh, I don't remember the card off by heart so I'm just going to pull it up. I actually do remember the card off by heart it was 8 fights but I'm going to pull it up anyway uh, What I'll, I'm going to leave the, the KSI fights until the end um, so that because I'm assuming that will bring in more clicks <laughs> by putting KSI in a title uh, so I'll leave that to the end and hopefully that will increase their attention uh, Misfits Boxing 
But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll talk. I know that he opened the card against Swarms, but uh, I will leave it to the end to discuss all of them. Where's the full fight card? Uh, I'll, I'll have a wee talk about uh, the one that they announced for October as well because it's pretty interesting. I can't find the full card. I wrote a fucking article about it. I don't need the full card in front of me. The The first one was Dean the Great versus Evil Hero. Evil Hero fucking crumbled. I'd, I'd heard that he had uh, he had fought in BKFC so I was expecting it would be a bit of a a bit of a rough and tough motherfucker but it wasn't. Um... Well, it was. He was swinging back, but uh, Dean the Great was clearly a superior boxer. He had better technique. He was fast. I mean, he's 21, so you'd expect him to have a bit of pace on him, a bit of energy. But yeah, he basically fucked up Evil Hero. Uh, it was a first round TKO, if I remember correctly. I think it was like um, a minute and 58 seconds. I don't even remember. But yeah, um, it, it didn't last very long. But yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because most of these YouTube boxers all come in round about the same way. They're all kind of like... Because you see it with like people who when they call each other out, there's not really any recognition for weight classes. You get like Anis and Gibb and Logan Paul talking about fighting. And like they're about fucking 10 weight classes away from each other. Logan Paul is like probably like 230, 220, um, just like normally. And Gibb's probably like 170 or some shit. He's a small guy. One's like 6'2", 6'3". The other one's like, I don't even know, like 5 seven five eight uh it just doesn't make any sense but fans and youtube boxers alike don't really seem to recognize that maybe they do and they just don't talk about it but yeah um that's to say that dean the great is like considerably smaller so is evil hero than most other people in the whole youtube boxing sphere so if he was going to fight it's probably going to be difficult to find him opponents uh because he's clearly like um a fairly skilled boxer compared to other influencer guys um but he's also much smaller than most of them uh so you'd probably struggle to find them a match that isn't a wash you get me uh so you might have to end up putting him against like uh like i don't even know if he's wanting another fight or what works out with it that's the interesting thing about this whole like misfits the zone uh x series thing because presumably if there uh, he said three cards by the end of the year and it's august so we're talking about a card every eight weeks or so um a card every two months every second month that i guess are looking to put on a card they know that you know there's going to be one in january because they keep talking about it and they also said two by the end of this year and there's one in october so maybe one in early december which would be like between every six to eight weeks for one of these cards so you need a lot of influencers youtubers tiktokers celebrities rappers there seems to be a lot of whatever um so I don't know if there is enough to even facilitate that or if you're just going to be seeing the same guys like all the time. I don't know what the kind of roster size is like for this thing uh, or what their plans are. They've got Hassan Jr. versus Vitor Belfort uh, on it though. So they're clearly not shying away from booking X-Fighters and other kind of like uh, like celebrity boxing, legends boxing type shit. Um, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what comes of the next couple of cards and how long that's going to last. Um, hopefully it lasts a while though because uh, they're interesting to me. I find them fun to watch. But yeah, Dean the Great, uh, it was it was 2 minutes 52 around when he knocked him out in. So Evil Hero actually lasted a little longer than I thought. But I don't remember Dean the Great getting hurt. Uh, it was he was hitting them with, with pull counters and shit like that. Sorry, I just had to adjust the mic there. Um, 
So yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting fight there. Next up was the heavyweights, uh, I am Thompson versus Sam Hyde, which came as a TKO finish, uh, a minute and a half into round three. I know that they were both fucked and it was not going well uh, for either of them, but I feel like they could have let that one go the distance. It's not like either of them were like dying and uh, if that fight had gone another minute and a half there wasn't enough power or speed or anything behind those swings they were just like weak arm punches after nine minutes of pure exhaustion for the two of them i feel like for the prey they could have let it go a little further but um yeah uh i've never seen so many overhand rights in a row it was literally just jab overhand right from i am thompson i was literally sitting with my brother watching the fight going jab and then he jab overhand right, <laughs> overhand right every single time. It was as predictable as fuck. Uh, if 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 uh, if Sam Hyde had just had just hit the uppercut, just throw your left hand up and hit the uppercut as he's throwing that because he's leaning away into the the overhand right. Then it, it could have been lights out pretty quickly. And he was doing it from the first round, and that it wouldn't even have had to be like a big uppercut because he's so so much. He was so much bigger than the guy. Um, it could have just been like a little tight uppercut, and it would have been it would have been fight over. I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know if Sam Hyde had the the fight IQ. It's not even high fight IQ required to do that. He's leaning away and he's chin away down, and he, he's ducking his head and putting his throwing like a predictable punch. Nothing on the jab, big overhand right. That's not that's hitting your shoulder height. So literally just throw your left hand up, step into an uppercut as he does that, and it's it's, it's good night. I am Thompson, but he didn't do that. But yeah, it was funny to watch though. Like that's the point. My dad was getting pissed off watching like these influencer boxing fights, going like like critiquing it. Like you you can't view it as if it's a real, as if it's like an actual. You're not watching fucking Canelo Triple G here. You're not watching like fucking Hagler Hearns. You're watching. It's just for fun. You get me? Just watch it like you would watch fucking wrestling or something. That's basically what it is. It's wrestling except that except boxing. They're actually hitting each other. Yeah, they're actually like hurting each other. I'm I'm trying to say this in a way that's not offensive to wrestling because I know that they're fucking like serious athletes and they do get hurt doing what they do. But you get me? It's like not predetermined wrestling. You get me? Uh, you need I I view it more like that than I do. Uh, but you know I've grown up watching a lot of these guys, so and that's why I enjoy watching it because it's just fun to me. Uh, but yeah, next up we had Salt Pappy versus Andy Worski. Uh, the fight didn't even go 30 seconds so Pappy's getting a lot of critique I feel like like a little bit of skill is all that's required to dispatch someone who has none and it's very easy to look good if you're fighting someone or competing against someone in anything who has absolutely no ability like see if I was playing table tennis against someone who never played table tennis before just because I've played table tennis a good little bit I would look fucking sick against them, but then if I, you put me on against someone who's actually good at table tennis, then you get you get me. In fact, it works for fighting as well. Like I would have done the same thing to Andy Worski. It doesn't mean Salt Pappy's good. It just means Andy Worski is shite. I'm not not to take away from Salt Pappy because he had a good performance and he, he looked decent. He looked fast and he looked capable. Um, but I think it's preemptive. Um, to to be to be saying that he's like the, I've seen people say he was like the best influencer boxer uh, about you've seen you've seen 30 I know he looked good in his last fight as well uh, but you've only seen 30 seconds of him uh, on Saturday so I think it's a bit preemptive to, to be singing his praises just yet fair play though he did well in the fight that he had uh, and it was a clean crisp knockout clearly has some punching power but again if you catch someone cleaning the chin undefended and they don't know what they're doing um, it's not like it's not like crazy 
um, impressive. Uh, you'd need to see him fight. See, that's that's where this like this shit can get dangerous. Cause see, if you get someone like uh, Salt Pappy, who's got years of training under his belt at this point, uh, and you put him against Andy Worski, who's been training at a cardio kickboxing class for three weeks, that's not right. It's dangerous. <laughs> Because, like, he did, and he did get hurt. I was going to say he, he could get hurt. He did get hurt. He got knocked unconscious uh, inside 30 seconds. It's fucking dangerous. If they're going to do this shit, and they're going to put it on, like, a serious platform like The Zone, the matchmakers need to be careful not to set up complete mismatches. Because it makes it look bad. I know it's cool to get flashy knockouts, and it makes it look cool, but it's you need to think for these guys' health, man. They don't know what they're doing for the most part. You need to be careful with them, but, yeah. Uh, um, Salt Pappy dispatched of him pretty pretty handily, um, and it was it was it was fun to watch as long as it lasted. And I'd like to see him step up in competition next because fucking a guy who's a heavy bag for fifteen minutes a day for for two weeks um is not is not a level pegging with a guy with years worth of training at an actual fight camp. So yeah, that has to be that has to be changed if we're going to continue this shit. Uh, next up, they had King Kenny versus Face Sensei. Uh, which was the fight that pissed me off on the card and not because it was a robbery just because the commentary oh my god man like true Jordy sitting there going oh they're this, you, could, you would be fooled to think these were professional boxers like they're, they were barely throwing especially Kenny like and Sensei as well they barely threw a punch I don't think Kenny threw his right hand other than a couple of like skirmishy exchanges um, when when uh, when Sensei pushed the action but it didn't look like a professional fight. It looked like a guy who was throwing a jab the whole time. Um, professional fighters engage. They sometimes lead with a right and they're not afraid to throw it when they lead with the jab. It's just, it, it was, uh, I was expecting a lot better from from this fight than, than what we got. I was expecting Sensei to, to maybe push the action a bit more, being the more experienced man. He was happy to sit back and try and, and, try and counter fight when there was no offense coming his way. So he ended up with uh, very much a, uh, <laughs> a, a jab fest where the jabs weren't massively impressive. I was I was pretty unimpressed with this fight. I know, right? Saying that though, Kenny has like ten months of training, as far as I know. Um, and I like Kenny. I actually used to talk to Kenny years ago, like, w- but when he had like five hundred subscribers, I had the same amount of subscribers back when we were both doing FIFA videos. This would be like 2013, 2014 I guess, maybe a little later, like fourteen, fifteen. Um, we were both doing FIFA videos, and we used to like DM quite a bit. Um, he probably doesn't remember because he's a fucking millions of subscribers now and he probably uh, anyone who gets to that level is all up on the networking at that level uh, when they were smaller so he's probably talking to shitloads of people and I wasn't too big on networking at that age but he's a bit older than me anyway but yeah uh, I remember watching him take off uh, when he'd done he'd done like a video about teaching his little sister to drive which is an idea they stole for Calix at the time um, but whatever uh, yeah and he, and he took off so it was good seeing him rise because I remember I kind of I spoke to him a lot when I was a small YouTuber myself way back when I did that, but uh, yeah, I was expecting a lot, a lot more for this fight with how it was being built up. But you know what? Fair play to Kenny because uh, he, he's took two hard fights. Like Temper wasn't an easy opponent um, when he took him for his first fight, and Sensei definitely wasn't. So yeah, fair play to the guy. Um, he's he's certainly not opposite. He's certainly not afraid to get in there, and I hope he does come back because he's he's clearly like. He's clearly athletic. He's clearly got a little bit of talent, but he's he's. I think it's just more of a mental barrier for him. Uh, being his reluctance to throw the right. I don't know if it was like a game plan when he was going to try and counter uh, Sensei, but 
uh, yeah, he, he just sat back for a lot of the fight, throwing the jab, and he didn't really look to be building any kind of like formidable offense. Uh, so I would, I would, if he's gonna fight again, he needs to, he needs to like maybe do a, do a couple of sparring sessions with his, uh, with his, uh, his, his left hand glued to his, his chin and uh, only fight with the right hand. Just obviously, it's not like practical to do that, but it's good to to get it out of the the system of not being able to throw your right um, if you if you learn to lead with it. So. Yeah, um, he, he needs to he needs to get over that, but uh, he is he, mechanically all right for what I saw, um, and Sensei obviously is as well. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I expected a bit more from him, and obviously, let's be real, the decision was a robbery. Um, a lot of people were confused in the first round. I'm pretty sure, um, a standing eight count is not in the because it was it was refed and judged like amateur boxing is. I know it was a professional bout, but it was refereed and judged like amateur boxing is, and I'm pretty sure in amateur boxing, a standing eight count is not a ten nine round, um, or a ten eight round. Sorry, uh, so that does explain why that is. So you could give, you could give Kenny, the second, third, and fourth, and then Sensei the first, and you've got Kenny winning. So I understand how it happened, even though I do think, um, Sensei did more damage. He was more offensive. And uh, and he probably did deserve to win the fight, but yeah. Uh, next up, we had uh, Deji versus Fusi. Now, I've long said that um, skill, like skill for skill, Deji is better than most um, in terms of, like actual like boxing ability. Deji is better than most of these influencer boxers, but he just doesn't have the cardio base to maintain it. Uh, and he, his technique gets sloppy later because he doesn't have that cardio base. And I was actually... I think his technique actually showed a little better against Alex um, Wasabi than it did in this Fusi fight because he was spamming in the same combination a lot. But I think it was largely just because Alex Wasabi is a better boxer than Fusi is. Um, and as we'll talk about later um, when we get to the KSI fights, sometimes fighting a worse person doesn't always make you look better sometimes it makes especially in combat sports it can sometimes make you look worse um and i think that was a, a little bit of the case less so than the ksi fight but a little bit of the case here uh because fussy wasn't was not very good and his biggest problem which if you go back and watch the fight you'll notice it deji was under absolutely no threat because every single time fussy threw a punch he planted his feet to throw it. Like, see, when he threw a jab, he didn't step into the jab, he just threw the jab, and he didn't move while he was doing it. If he threw a combination of punches, say he threw, like, a, a one, two, three, or whatever, um, he would plant his feet, stay still, and throw the one, two, three. Maybe the one would graze Deji's gloves, but he would step back, and then the two, three were hitting there because he wasn't advancing while he threw the combination. Um, and that's that's pretty a pretty common error um, for for novices and people just starting out in the sport. I thought it would have been trained out of him by now if he actually has been training for the the three three and a half years or whatever since he fought Slim. Um, but yeah, um, that that was that was Fusi's biggest problem, and it's why Deji wasn't under any threat, and it's why Deji was able to counter him so effectively because he could literally just step back and pick a shot, um, and and Fusi was doing nothing to stop him because there was no advancement in movement. Um, so yeah, that was that was the biggest problem that Fusi had, and that is why Deji won the fight. But Deji was literally just spamming him with that that um, the hook counter um, straight left. Um, Deji's a southpaw. Uh, every time he was literally just coming over the jab uh, with his right hand, 
uh, and then and then firing a straight left in the middle, and that that combination and repetition got Fusi out of there um, in the third round. Uh, I honestly thought, I mean, I know that he, I think he like broke his nose, broke his orbital and shit, which is like pretty impressive from Deji to have that kind of punch power. I know his nose was fucked up before, um, but. I don't know if that yeah actually did break his orbit or if that's just a rumor, but he was there was certainly a lot swelling. That can come from a broken nose though, so um it could have just been that. But yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say that the towel was a little bit like he was still fighting when the towel came in from my recollection, so it could have went a little longer and probably could have went a decision. But yeah, I think that I think the finish was deserved though because Deji was all over him the whole fight and he didn't look in any danger at any point. Um. Is his defensive head movement's good, Deji? Like, um, he doesn't. Sh- he showcases it a lot more, um, in, in like training footage I've seen. Um, probably because like again, there's no need to have like particularly elusive defensive head movement if your opponent is not throwing combinations at your head and they're two feet in front of you throwing them. Um, if they're two feet out of range throwing them, sorry. Um, so there's not really any need to showcase that. But uh, he was getting out of the way of single shots really well with his head, and he wasn't having a uh, he wasn't having to impede his own attacks to do it. So. Yeah, I was impressed with Deji. Um, he was he, he was crowding his work a little bit, um, but I think that was just because of Fusi walking into him. Um, when he was when he was as like a defense, it wasn't really, um, it wasn't really like using head movement or blocking it out of the way. It was just like, um, crowding Deji, um, which which kind of impeded a little bit of the crispness of Deji's attacks. But they were still getting through, especially uh, the short left hand that he was working with. So, yeah, it was it was a good performance um, from Deji, and uh, I'd like to see him fight again. Uh, despite, I mean, he's always looked decent, and all the fights he's had, he's looked capable. Um, he's just he obviously tires. So if he's got over that problem, then uh, it'd be good to see him. It'd be good to see him in there fighting again. Uh, hopefully, I like the Bryce Hall fight for him. I like the Joe Weller fight for him. Uh, I, the Joe Weller fight is an interesting one because Weller didn't look very good um, against KSI, but I don't know if he's trained at all uh, in the time he's been off. I don't think he has though. Um, but yeah, um, he's obviously like a fit and shape guy, so I don't know. I feel like it's a nice next fight for Deji because like I don't want him to get too ahead of himself and fight, um, and and take another loss. I'd rather see him get a win. I like Joel though. Joel was my favorite YouTuber when I was a kid for a bit. Um, so it'd be good to see him. Uh, be good to see that fight happen though. I think it'd be good for both of them, win or lose. I mean, Joel is obviously not good at taking losses mentally, but yeah. Next up was uh, Slim Albaher versus Face Temper that finished at two minutes twenty of round two. I've done a results piece, that's why I remember all the times. But yeah, uh, there's not much to say about it. Face Temper looked pretty fucking awful, if I'm being honest. He, he didn't look to have much of an offense. Um, he had a little bit of that jab fever, um, but there wasn't there wasn't much coming from it. He didn't look to have any power really. Um, and and Slim, I wasn't again. I wasn't. I don't think Slim's technique is all there. I think he's just a bit of a mental cunt and we're a bit of power, we're a bit of knockout power for for a guy that you wouldn't really expect to have it for just looking at him. Um, but I, again, like if you're unfamiliar with uh with boxing, you might not know that a lot of power punchers and then like death touch knockout punchers tend to be kind of lankier guys. Um, in professional boxing, it's not as noticeable because they've obviously got muscle on top of that. But lanky build guys, I don't know. I guess they get like whip on their punch. Just look at Deontay Wilder, right? I know Deontay Wilder is like muscular as fuck, but he is a lanky guy. He's like a skinny lanky guy. Um, he's just got a lot of muscle on his frame as well. But they just get a lot of whip on them punches. Um, and and I guess their hands. I don't know. 
is weird, but lanky guys do have um, death touch knockout power uh, as a trope. So not I'm not not saying all of them, but um, it is uh, it's definitely consistent that a lot of them do. Uh, and maybe maybe um, I guess Slim has a little bit of that because he's now he's now four and zero with four knockouts, and uh, he, he puts people to sleep. It's not just like um, it's not just like cumulative damage referee steps in type knockouts. It's literally like uh, bounce their head off their shoulders and 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 drop them into the ropes kind of knockouts. So. Yeah, uh, he he done a good job to to get Temper out of there, despite the fact that Temper didn't look that impressive. Um, I don't want to see Slim fight KSI just because I don't think Slim's. I don't think it will happen anyway because I think, I think. Uh, I mean, I thought it about Wasabi, so maybe not. But even Alex Wasabi is a far bigger name than than Slim is. Um, just in general. Uh, outside of bo- the YouTube boxing thing, I have no idea who Slim is. Uh, I don't know him as a YouTuber at all, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think they'd make that fight. I don't think it's a big enough fight for KSI to take. I don't think he's a big enough name. Um, but he, I guess, like, congratulations to him for the knockout. I wasn't too interested in this fight coming in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was expecting more out of temper than we got. Uh, and and I was impressed with, with Slim's knockout ability, despite not being hugely impressed with his actual boxing skill. Uh, okay, now let's talk about the KSI fights. I'm going to take a drink before I do. Okay, so has KSI improved? Yes, he has. He's definitely improved. Uh, he's he's a better boxer than he was against Logan Paul. You can see it uh, pretty evidently. I don't know if it, he's definitely he's more at his weight as well. Um, one seventy nine, one eighty, uh, whatever he weighed in at, something like that. He weighed in at one seventy nine point four, I think. Um, and it, like round about one eighty is definitely KSI's best weight. Um, he's he's more in, He's not he's not a He's not a cruiserweight. He's not a two hundred pound fighter. Um, that's too big for him. He has too much fat on his frame. He's not at his, his peak uh, at that kind of weight. And unfortunately, a lot of the guys that he's calling out, guys like Tommy Fury, Andrew Tate, these are all much heavier guys. Like Tate fought at um, ninety one kilos, which is like two hundred pounds. Um, it's it's much bigger uh, than than KSI should be fighting at. He should be fighting around about one eighty, um, one eighty five at a push. Uh, he could do well, a lot more fat in his frame. He's also he's obviously fucking cut to diamonds, but um, and and a little bit of fat's not gonna not gonna impede his boxing ability too much. It might help him a little, um, but two hundred pounds is like blown up for him. It's, it's bigger than him. Even Jake Paul was like, if Jake, I know Jake Paul can make one eighty. I think his next fight is at one eighty. But like Tommy Fury, Andrew Tate, these guys are too big for KSI. Really, like they wouldn't. Outside of the fact it's an influencer boxing match and they're matching up names rather than actual fighters here, um, I don't think that fight would, should ever get made. They're too big, like they're not in his weight class really. Um, so yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, I don't think I want to see that. Um, but the the we'll talk another time about who I think would win those fights. I'm making a bunch of YouTube videos um, on the my channel as well. You can probably find it if you type in "What would buy a jab" or if you type in. Uh, bootleg or something. I don't know. I've not really got many videos on the channel right now. Uh, although I have two thousand subscribers from back when I was a FIFA YouTuber. Shout out Ken Kenny. But uh, yeah, uh, let's get into talking about the actual technique that that KSI displayed in these fights. Now, as I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier on in the Deji fight, sometimes if you are a good combat sportsman, if you're good in boxing, uh, it's most noticeable in boxing because it's more of a, a you get a lot more crisp fighting in boxing than you do in MMA, but. Uh, if you're fighting someone who has no idea what they're doing and has no technique and just fights rugged, unpredictable, 
that's what it is. It's unpredictable. You're not you're not trained to fight people who don't know how to fight. When you train in a combat sport, you're training to fight against people who know how to fight and are also following the discipline that you're training in. So for example, like if you're training boxing, right? If you throw a jab at someone, you're expecting them to slip to the outside if they're gonna slip. You you're not you get me? Because that's what you get trained to do. You don't get trained to slip into someone's power hand. You get trained to slip away from it. So that it, like ju- that's just like a small example, but I'm just saying people who aren't trained are going to do shit that you're not expecting them to do and you've not prepared for them to do. Um so there's an that's why it can be dangerous to fight people who are who are who are unpredictable and untrained because you you're not ready for what they're going to do because you don't know what they're going to do. So it can also in that case be difficult to showcase like good boxing skill if you're fighting someone who's not going to box with you because like how are you going to display like slick head movement to avoid combinations if the person you're fighting isn't throwing crisp combinations if they're throwing like wild swings and back fists and like all this shit you need to move in a way that a boxer wouldn't typically move to avoid it because a boxer would never have to deal with those kind of shots you get me like boxers don't throw like diagonal punches coming from the bottom right and doing like a big weird like straight arm swing so you can't display elite head movement to avoid that because there's you would never have trained for that you get me um so that's 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 why i think maybe if you had saw KSI fight someone who was a boxer and had actually trained i know Pineda but we'll get to that uh, and had, and was actually going to like attack in a way that a boxer would attack uh, you could have saw more of his actual boxing ability but the one thing I will say that I did not like from KSI he cannot keep his hands up he doesn't I know like he's fighting he's training at shoot fighters and shoot fighters sometimes um, have a bit of a reputation for the kind of like flary hands down um, fluid kind of style um, but when you're a novice with the lack of experience that KSI has, I think you got you got to like pull it back a little bit and train them. You need to teach people to keep their hands up when they're learning boxing, man. You need to know the rules before you can break them. Um, and I, I'm not convinced that KSI knows the rules because even when he's hitting pads, um, or hitting the bag or whatever, his left hand is always by his side. It's never up. And see when he's see if he throws that overhand against someone who knows what they're doing, misses it. And then he's got both his hands down by his left hip. He's getting fucking... He's getting bombed on with it, right? He's, he's never he's never making it out of like a 6 or 12 round fight against a capable boxer doing that. Because um, I'm not convinced that he's got the skill. Um, yeah, I'm not convinced he's got the skill uh, to, to keep himself safe doing that. Um, and... Like, because he did get hit in the Swarms fight. Um, he, he got hit uh, by left and right hands in the Swarms fight um, despite there not really being a whole lot of danger uh, coming from Swarms but yeah let's just get through the fights now the Swarms fight um, he, he got him out of there uh, and was all over him um, he didn't seem to have any respect for Swarms' power or ability uh, there wasn't much power or ability to have respect for in fairness um, and that's why uh, 
but there was a, there was a fence coming back from Swarms, so you did see a bit more technique, a bit crisper technique uh, in the Swarms fight than you saw in the Pineda fight. Because I think like about ten seconds into the Pineda fight, KSI realised he's in absolutely no danger and can do whatever he fucking wants with the guy. Um, so he wasn't he wasn't fighting with any sense of uh, I'm I'm still in danger. Um, whereas with Swarms, like Swarms is a two hundred pound guy. If he throws a big massive punch at you and it lands crisp on your chin, it's gonna hurt. Uh, even if it's not thrown with, with particularly good technique, if he puts two hundred pounds behind a punch, it's gonna hurt. Um, and if it catches you on the chin, then you could be in a little bit of danger. And again, it's wild seeing so it keep your senses about you um, uh, when when you're in there with him. But yeah, he dispatched them pretty quickly. Um, I liked his use of the left hand. He wasn't he, a lot. Of, a lot of novice guys will only throw jabs with the left hand. Um, and and won't really work left hooks, won't work left uppercuts. They won't they won't work to the body. Uh, period, which uh, they will head hunt. Uh, and KSI didn't have those tendencies. He, he's clearly improving his fight IQ, um, and and his knowledge of what to do uh, and when to do it. Starting the fight early with body shots in both fights, uh, and then and then getting them out of there. He, he finished the swarms fight with a left hook. Um, swarms was completely side on, which aided uh, and and completely evaporating the cunt's nose. But yeah, um, I can't, I can't, I, there's, there's, it, it wasn't, like, it's hard to digest it, break it down and and give, like, an output of, of, like, what KSI was, like, good at and not good at, um, other than what I said, just because he, there was nothing coming back at him, he wasn't under any threat, so you don't know how he's going to attack a boxer when he's being careful and minding himself, you don't know how he's going to defend when he gets attacked. It answered questions about has he improved. It answered questions about his fitness uh, and 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 can he still get any boxing shape and stuff like that. It answered questions about um, his power, I guess, because he did get two knockouts. It answered questions about his fight IQ and the type of improvements he's made and what the kind of things he's been working on are. Um, but it also left a lot of questions still needing answered. Um, and and I suppose they'll get answered in the next fight, no matter who he fights, because McBroom won't shy away from him if that's who he fights. He even said about fighting Gibble again, Gibble will come forwards and attack him. Uh, both of those guys will attack him more like a boxer would, so would Slim. Uh, Tate's not great with his hands, really. I'm going to do a video breaking down how Andrew Tate would fare in a boxing match. Um, but yeah, uh, and and obviously Tommy Fury would attack him like a boxer would as well. So that would that would answer more questions about his actual boxing ability. But in terms of like the more um, esoteric questions and the more um, the more philosophical questions about um, about KSI's ability, what he's been learning and stuff like that, it did answer those. But there's still a lot left unanswered, especially when it comes to how the Jake Paul fight would fare. Um, as it stands right now, I think if the fight was booked for December or January right now, I think Jake Paul would beat him. Um, and I think KSI knows that too, which is why he's not he's not diving into that fight. Like he's, a, he's not a fucking idiot. The guy's smart. He's not going to dive into that fight straight away because one, he wants to get wins under his belt and build up his boxing uh, credentials uh, a bit more because um, Jake Paul is more known as a boxer now than, uh, than KSI is probably. Uh, so... If that fight's going to happen, I'd expect to end the next year, start of the year after probably, after KSI has had another fight or two. Uh, Jake Paul will probably have another one. Um, but yeah, uh, that's 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 really all the questions that you can answer on it right now. So uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing him fight again. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. I'm curious to see who the opponent is. Um, and I think if a fight gets made against a guy like Tate, against a guy like Fury, I would probably have KSI as the underdog. 
um, based on what I've seen there. Now, that's not to say that he would lose. It's just to say based on what we've seen, I don't think. I think if he fought Tommy Fury or Andrew Tate, exactly how he fought Swarms or Pineda, he would probably lose the fight because he wasn't showing much defensive capability. But that might just be because there was no need to show defensive capability, especially against Pineda. And maybe he does have that in his locker and just hasn't showcased it yet, uh, which I think is more likely than not because he's clearly made improvements offensively. So the chances that he's made such leaps offensively and absolutely no leaps defensively is pretty slim. He's probably improved his defense just as much as his offense and we just didn't get to see it yet. Um, so yeah, I do look forward to that happening. Uh, uh, before, before I round out the show, I'll quickly touch on... Uh, the fact that they've announced a card for October 15th, which is um, Hassan Raman Jr. versus uh, Vitor Belfort. I see that going Vitor Belfort's way all day, and I see it happening quite quickly. Um, I've I've not saw crazy amounts of tape on uh, Raman Jr., but from what I have saw, which is a fight uh, that he won and a fight that he got knocked out in, um, I, I don't expect Belfort to do anything other than knock him out um, pretty quickly. So... Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, and see, when you consider that Jake Paul was going to fight Hassim Rahman and now he's fighting Vitor Belfort, it, it make, it, like, judging by like thinking of how all these fights are getting matched up, who gets talked about to fight who, see, when you consider that, that, that those conversations would peg KSI and Vitor Belfort on a level playing field, that's mental to me. Because imagine if Belfort versus KSI got set up. Like, Belfort would run through him. Um, so yeah I don't know maybe I'm wrong I just feel like uh, KSI has a lot of work to do uh, before he's ready for some of the people that he's talking about fighting I really do think the winner of McBroom versus Gibb uh, in December or January would be a good fight for him Uh, I think taking the Jake Paul fight next summer is premature Um, I think he should fight a McBroom or a Gibb someone who's going to actually challenge him boxing wise at least a little bit um, in, in January and then maybe late next summer fight fight someone like Tate or Fury if you if if he's capable of doing it uh, round about then and then maybe go for the Jake Paul fight uh, I think I think two fights building up in competition uh, would be an appropriate thing for KSI to do we'll see if he does though but yeah uh, that that will be it for this week um, I, I had I had a good time watching the YouTube boxing and I will talk about it on this podcast because it's I don't know, some people think it's cringy, some people think it's silly, but you know what, I fucking like it, so I don't give a shit what anyone else thinks. Uh, if you if you enjoyed the show, I'm really trying to build up the, the followers on the social media accounts because uh, yeah, I want, to, I, want to, I want to do stuff with that. Um, on the Wobble by a Jab Twitter and Instagram, I've been doing daily posts, little meme type stuff, um, like funny news stories and things like that uh, in the world of the combat sports uh, I feel like if you're listening if you've listened to this podcast this far that's something you probably enjoy so jump on there uh, follow at wobble by a jab on both uh, Instagram and Twitter um, you can follow the show on YouTube Spotify it's on all the that that's not on Apple podcast yet because they're cunts and they don't let me uh, they don't let me do it but maybe I actually did set it up I don't remember I've not done an episode of this in months but I want to get it back going weekly again so yeah, uh, follow the show. Follow me at BTLG Ben. You can check out all my stories. I write for MMA Sucker. Um, on on it's mostly MMA stories, but I, I cover a little bit of boxing over there too. You can check that out. Uh, the 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 link tree is in my bios on my social media. Uh, if you enjoyed this, um, do all that stuff, and I will see you next week. Get you.